G'day Australia, this is Mike Holt, the bloody Aussie battler. Good morning Peter, how are you? Pretty good Mr Holt. Tell me what you're asking the High Court to do exactly. I'm asking the High Court to issue a writ of prohibition against the whole court case that has been brought to me illegally in Victoria by the County Court and the Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions, who is on a fabulous salary, by the way. How much is it, did you say? About 800000 a year? Between seven and 800000 a year was the last figure I saw, but it's probably been indexed up too from that. Yeah. So he's making a, a lot of money out of going after people like me who have never committed a crime. I don't have a, a criminal record. I've never committed a crime. I published the article in good faith, knowing that I'm protected under the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, 19 brackets 2, which states that we have an absolute unfettered right to communicate in any way, shape or form, in any media. And the county court has consistently refused to acknowledge two things in my case. First of all, I asked the judge several times, has this court been convened under Clause 5 of the Commonwealth of Australia Constitution Act 1901? And she refused to give me a straight answer. All she said was, you can assume that it is properly convened. And then when I pointed out that I am protected under the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, she absolutely refused to recognise it. And yet it is a, a federal law under the Constitution. Is that correct? That's exactly right. It's within mm -hmm. the competence of the Parliament to enact it. They have enacted it. And there's two supremacy clauses in the Constitution, Section of the Commonwealth of Australia Constitution Act and Section 109. Now, 109 says if there's an inconsistency between a state law and a Commonwealth law, the Commonwealth law prevails and the other one is non-existent. What we've got basically is a continuation of what was called the autochthonous expedient. Now, that's a terribly big and complicated word, but it was used by uh, Justice Gordon in the cable principal case in 1995. And autochthonous means something cooked up locally, and the expedient means it might be a bit dodgy, and it mm. is dodgy. Your case has the potential, I'm not sure it will work, but it has the potential to bring in a vast improvement in the delivery of justice to the whole of Australia. Yes, actually... We've been discussing the fact that I am at the moment self-represented because I can't find a lawyer who is willing to take this case on. All the lawyers that I've spoken to have run for the hills because it's a constitutional issue. And most lawyers are not educated in the Constitution. However, I have been speaking to some friends of mine who know lawyers and barristers and even a QC, and I'm asking them to talk to these people because any lawyer that takes this on and defends me in the high court, it would make their professional career, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. But they've got to back their own arm and be prepared to say that I can bowl as good as anyone else and I'll bounce these bastards out. 
Yes, absolutely. What I've done in my filing now for the High Court, I did bring up one more thing which I found most interesting, and I read the Open Courts Act 2013, which is what I was charged under for contravening a suppression order. And I said in my affidavit, the court should note a serious flaw in the Act, which states at 21 brackets 2, that an order may be made to apply anywhere in Australia. So in other words, a Victorian court can make a suppression order and they can say it applies all over Australia. But here's the kicker. Section 31A requires an order to be published on the door of the courtroom where a trial is taking place. And Section 31B only states in another conspicuous place where notices are usually posted at the place where the court or tribunal is being held. Now, therefore, an order issued by a Melbourne court cannot reasonably expect to be read and seen by someone living in another state. Now, I live in Queensland, and yet I'm being charged by a Victorian organisation, the CDPP, and the Supreme Court no, judge. No, you've got it wrong there. This is a Commonwealth organisation, not a Victorian organisation. The uh, rot is all over the country. It's this is interesting, Peter, because during my so-called trial down in Melbourne in July and August, I asked the judge this. I said, Judge, I'm, I'm a bit confused because sometimes the CDPP refers themselves as the Commonwealth Department of Public Prosecutions and sometimes as the Department of Public Prosecutions, Victoria. And she waffled on, but I never got a really clear explanation of it. So there's a lot of confusion in the courts about the law. They obviously don't know the law. And you and I read the law every day, and it's very clear that it's not very good law, especially the Open Courts Act, which doesn't really protect anybody. Look, I think that you've probably come along at the right time because in the United States right now, there's a case where they're... High Court in the Supreme Court of the United States, which consists of nine justices, is considering the creation by the federal government in the United States of what they call administrative courts with about 2,000 administrative judges. And I think the fellow's name is Sarkozy, but I'm not really sure. But it's a case where he was convicted by a regulatory judge, in other words, an administrative judge. Now, these administrative judges, we've got hybrid judges in Australia. They're administrators and they determine facts. And that is a merger of basically church and state. And we've suffered this seriously since 1952 when the High Court actually shut its doors to all that the select few that they decide to take. We had a case in 2002 called Gerlach versus Clifton Bricks. Now, this was a naked power grab by the legal profession in New South Wales where three judges of the High Court, and it was Kenneth Hayne, Mary Gordon, and Michael McHugh, overruled Justices Kirby and Cullinane and basically abolished, as of right, jury trials in Australia for civilians. Now... Ordinary citizens, if we're citizens, we've got the right to be protected by the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. And if we're subject to the King, which the law says we are in point of fact, then 
we've got the right to jury trial because the Judicature Act of 1873, United Kingdom, which came to Australia as a Judicature Act 1876, as promulgated in Queensland in Section 259, says that nothing in rules of court or anything can prevent a person claiming a jury trial from getting it. Now, this 2002 decision, the High Court needs to revisit that and correct the error of law on the face of that record. Absolutely. You haven't got an as of right jury trial, whereas the Court of Appeal in New South Wales decided unanimously, 3-0, that we do have jury trial, and that's what they appealed to the High Court. Now, this is a naked power grab by the legal profession in New South Wales, and those three judges should have all recused. They should have just said, look, sorry, we are a member of the legal profession in New South Wales. We're a member of the Law Society. We cannot sit on this. Now, the other two, Kirby and Callanane, the descending judges, Callanane was a Queenslander. Now, Kirby is a very enigmatic judge, but in this particular instance, he was dead right. And they dissented extremely strongly. And um, it should have been picked up by the Parliament and sorted, but it hasn't been. And now we're going to ask the High Court, and, and this is what your case raises, this issue of as of right jury trial for all people because we're all equal before the law. I should mention a couple of things here, Peter. We've been referring to the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. That became federal law in 1980, so it's protected under the Constitution. And I've just published a little booklet through commonlaw.earth, which is a reference book containing a copy of the Constitution, the Magna Carta, the English Bill of Rights, and a few other very important legal documents that everybody in Australia needs to read. Because if we don't know the the laws that protect our rights, we can't protect ourselves. Our Commonwealth of Australia is founded on the work of visionaries who crafted the very essence of our government, legal and social framework. The rights our founding fathers worked so diligently to protect. This easy reference contains the Constitution, Magna Carta, English Bill of Rights, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, and Queen Victoria's Letters Patent. All essential when you need the knowledge to defend your rights and live as a free, independent man or woman. Make knowledge your superpower. Get your copy of Common Law Easy Reference for just $50, including postage. Available at commonlaw.earth. That's dead right, and this is why it's important that you have had the gumption and persistence to continue. And your first try to get into the High Court was refused. And this one that you've put in now says, but look, you can't do that. Hmm. Because a single judge of the High Court cannot deny to any of his fellow Australians, and he's got no judicial privilege when he doesn't sit with the mandated judges of three that the High Court must be by the Constitution. He's got no judicial privilege. And I think that maybe this time the High Court is going to listen to us and give us the answer that we require. Yes, well, 
the judge who did that was actually the Chief Justice Gagler, who was in charge of the whole High Court. And I'm going to the yeah, High Court. Yeah, he is now, but he wasn't then. He was just the Justice <laughs> Gagler then. Okay, fair enough. But even so, I'm going in there and telling him, you've been a naughty boy. I don't know how he's going to react to that. But it's well, what he's doing. He'll probably have to do what they call wikus. That means he'll have to say, look, I'm sorry, but I can't sit on this because I am attainted. It's been pointed out to me that I'm, I've done the wrong thing and we are to do the right thing. Someone else is going to have to preside over the High Court and I will have to step aside and let someone else and the other members of the High Court do it. We will see how honourable they are, won't we? Oh, yes, but it's, it's more than that because I always look at the justice system as a wheel. Now, the top of the wheel is the High Court and the bottom is the Magistrates Court. Because of this autochthonous expedient, Parliament of the Commonwealth has given the Magistrates Court a very important role to play in criminal prosecutions. And because of High Court decisions over the years, they've modified the Act Interpretation Act to say that when a court that can exercise federal jurisdiction has its jurisdiction attracted, if it's a state court or a federal court, it doesn't matter. They've all got unlimited jurisdiction. So if the magistrate's court, the state said, oh, you can only go to $100,000. No, not when you're sitting in federal jurisdiction. It's unlimited. Mm. And they've got consequences that flow from breaking the law, no matter who you are. This and is true. And, and my case, the, the defendants that I'm summoning to the High Court are the King, which includes the Parliament, the Chief Justice of the High Court, a Supreme Court judge, and two County Court judges, as well as a Supreme Court registrar. So I've got I mean, quite the High a Court judicial registrar. Oh, is he? Sorry. My, yeah. my bad. <laughs> now... I'm asking those people to come into the, the High Court now and defend themselves because they have done me wrong. It's that simple. They have denied me justice and I demand justice. It's up to them. And the problem is I was summoned to Melbourne and before the, anything started, I told the judges, you remember last year they arrested me and put me in prison for six days without a trial. And it was only because a very kind lady in Melbourne stepped up and said, I'm going to put up the bail and I was able to walk away after six days imprisonment. That lady has become a very close friend of mine, and I love her to death. She's beautiful. But as a result of that, for each day that I was in prison, there is a massive penalty for that, isn't there? Because doing what they did, putting me in prison for six days without trial, there's a 17-year imprisonment penalty for that, isn't there? That's right. There is a 17-year imprisonment. And it's been law since 2002, but the legal profession, unfortunately, is being what a professor of mine called struthius. Now, struthius is a funny word, but it means making like an ostrich. In other words, the legal profession has had their head in the sand since 2002. And it's time that someone came and gave them a great big kick up the backside because it's a big target. And they want I'm coming. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it, mate. I've got big boots. <laughs> this is the reality. This is the world we're moving into. It's a very contentious subject, this Yasara and Asara business that's happening. But it looks like it is happening. Now, yesterday, 
two people were discussing the situation with Gassar and Hassan. One of them is the bloke who was present when they raided the Vatican and stole all the gold. Now, he said 650 plane loads. That's a lot of gold. That's a lot of gold. And these aren't little planes. These are the old Hercules. The Hercules. Yep. I think they carry 20 or 30 tonne or something. Yeah, well, I've been in They're big planes. Very big. Yeah, big aircraft, yeah. But he said it's more than that because there were 40 ships too. There was what? 40 ships as well. 40 now, ships? 40 ships worth of bullion or whatever it was they got out of the Vatican as well. Holy now, cow, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a huge amount of money. Someone once said it was four quadrillion. Now, that's four with 40 zeros after Right. Now, that gold, where is that stored now? Some people say it's stored in Cheyenne Mountain in the United States, which is a very heavily fortified mountain designed to withstand a nuclear bomb. Others say that it's in Greenland. Obviously, it's there and mm. able to underwrite the issue of what we believe is the new currency that's coming. Mm. Now, they're talking about this US Treasury note, and some people talk about it, and other people talk about it, not at all. Yeah, but it's not. It's highly likely, and balance of probability, that we're going to have to go back to the gold standard of the Constitution, guaranteed by Section 115 Constitution, and restore the rule of law in Australia as well as the rest of the world. That's now, right. 209 so. countries apparently signed up to Jisara Masara. This was done through the International Court of Justice at the Hague. And this is where the agreement was made and it was signed off. And they're not telling us this. This is the problem. It's there. The knowledge is there to go and look. Now, whether we can believe it or not, I don't know. But it looks like it's pretty right. It comes back to what we call the straw man, which the government relies on. Now, if you ever look at any government document, you'll notice two things, one, or three things, actually. One is that your name is always in all caps. That is what we call the straw man, because that's not actually really you. The only time you see your name in all caps anywhere else is on a tombstone. So you're dead, according to the government. And secondly, any money that they're trying to get out of you is already been paid by your trust. So when you are born, the government sets up a trust in your name. That's when they take your footprint and your blood type, and that sets up a trust in your name. But you, they don't tell you this. And as we get older, that trust gains millions and millions of dollars. You and I are not bringing chickens anymore, Peter, and I reckon our trusts are probably in the billions of dollars. So when these government agencies send us fines and all the rest of it that they demand from us, we can pay all that without actually paying any cash. We just tell them, take the money out of the trust. Now, how do we know the trust money is there? Because if you look at a fine, for instance, uh, above your name is this funny-looking barcode. It's not a straight rectangle. It's all up and down. And that is the bank code for your trust. So the government knows that they can take the money out of your trust. You've just got to tell them to do it. And that's what we're doing right now. But let's get back to my court case in the High Court, because I believe if we can push this through, and we should be able to, if I've got some good help on the legal side, I need a good lawyer or barrister 
or even a QC who's willing to step up. So somebody out there in Australia, if you've got the guts, come and join me. And Peter and I, we make a great team, but we need help from somebody who's actually in the system and can get up there and tell the court exactly what needs to be done. So my case is a very important one, but it's not the only one, is it, Peter? I got word from Rod Cullerton last week that he's got a similar argument to you with the Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions, but he's associated with bankrupt. And the Commonwealth Director of Public Prosecutions has conceded that it's got to go to the High Court. Now, the reason it's got to go to the High Court is that the bankruptcy petition made against him was made by a judge acting administratively. Now, mm. they've been pretending that they can act administratively and it's a legitimate judicial proceeding, but it's not. Now, the judicature was predicated on the Judicature Act 1873. That became law in Queensland in 1876, and it's been reproduced verbatim as the High Court requires in your filing in the High Court. And basically, this judicature, we haven't had it since Federation. In the Judiciary Act 1903, the judiciary is not the judicature. It's a fiction that the judiciary is the judicature. And I think it was Justice Kirby one time said, even the fact that a judge determines his own jurisdiction, he's not acting judicially. He can't act. He can't determine his own jurisdiction. Well, that's what happened in my case. This Judge Burke down in Melbourne made a unilateral decision that he had the right to override the Constitution. Yes, that's what they call an error of law on the face of the record. And a fellow called Craig, Anthony David Craig in South Australia in 1995, got a decision for a writ of certiorari to quash his imprisonment. And it was successful, and whatever he was in there for, he got out. And it's about time these people on the High Court started to deliver us some of the privileges and rights we have as subjects of the King rather than as citizens. Now, there's very serious discrepancies in the Judiciary Act 1903 where we're referred to as subject, and the states are called subject too. And they said where state is a defendant, the rights shall be the same as in a suit between subject and subject. Exactly the same. Not only are the states basically liable to penalties the same as an individual is, except for the provision in the Crimes Act 1914, that the penalty available to a civilian against the state is five times that which would be against an individual. Now, when the state has a person appointed to the judiciary who acts administratively when he got to act judicially. And the state basically has made a law overruling Chapter 3 of the Constitution. Then a penalty is $1,400,000 for the state and it accrues every day. We're talking a situation where I think the state will probably have to be going to Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Basically, accept that they can't continue with this lawyer's paradise that they've created for themselves and are going to have to admit that they can never pay the actual damages they've accrued over the COVID-19 pandemic because they severely deprived people of physical liberty all over. Lockdowns. And, and rights. Yeah. 
And like in Victoria, I think it was 12 weeks, what, 80 days by 1.4 million for every man, woman and child locked down by the state of Victoria. I think they're going to have to declare bankruptcy. You could always get it off Dan. Off who? Desperate like Dan. Dan, no. <laughs> no. But time tests should not pay. And that's what they were. The only justification they can have for suspending the laws if we are actually at war. Yes. It wasn't a declaration of war. It was a declaration of national emergency, but that's not war. And the laws are still there during that period. They've just got to have to face up to the fact that they're all broke and our money is no longer basically tied to gold and silver like the Constitution says it must be. So these bloody possums that have lent money to the state and federal government, whatever they call them, treasury bonds or whatever they are, might have done their dough because they've lent US dollars, mostly narco dollars or whatever they want to call them, to these Australian governments and it's fiat dollars. It's not genuine gold-backed currency. That's right. And uh, I don't see how they can get it back. We don't really care because if we can bankrupt them, then we get rid of the problem and then we can get back to our constitution and that's what my court case is all about. I'm trying to force the government and the courts back under our constitution to act lawfully and legally to protect our rights, not to target people like me who stand up and say, I think this is wrong. You can't do that anymore. There's just too much evidence that the real tyrants are sitting in our parliaments and our courts. So, Peter, thank you for this very illuminating chat. And I want to thank you in public for all the help that you've been giving me. You've, you've been fantastic. Thank you. Wow. I've been a lot of time studying it, 30 years, I suppose. <laughs> That's right. And this little grasshopper has been sitting at your feet learning over the last four years, and I'm getting there. I've got a lot more to learn, but I couldn't have done it without you. Now, as I say in Japanese, do it shmushtak. That means you're very welcome. Okay. Bye now. <laughs> okay. See ya. all want a better world for our children to inherit. Knowledge is power. Empower yourself with common law education. Learn to protect your rights from tyrants. Visit commonlaw.education today and empower your future. Enroll now. Common law education. Empower yourself.